Welcome to another episode of the Slam Fast Podcast, where we bring the premier rock concert pregaming experience from the parking lot to the podcasting airwaves. I'm Brad. So, this has been an interesting week. I was supposed to see a show this past Saturday, actually with my son, and unfortunately, due to inclement weather, it ended up getting postponed, and we are still waiting on the new date for that show. Hopefully it works out for us. So I was planning on doing an episode on that show for this week, and so with that being postponed, had to do something else. Plus, I'm still waiting. I've got a show coming up this week as well that is pending, I guess would be the best way to describe it. And there may be some people out there that know what I'm talking about. And I was hoping to do an episode on that show here in the next uh, week or so. So may not have any new shows to talk about. So instead, I'm going back into my chronology. But this time we get an interesting draw. We're out of format again, but it's a goodie. This episode is going to revolve around the Duran Duran concert I saw August 17th, 2000, Pine Knob Music Theater, Clarkston, Michigan. So, interesting, there's some significance uh, to this date, and I'll talk about that a little bit later in the episode. So, my background with Duran Duran, so again, obviously growing up in the 80s, I was exposed to MTV, and how could you not, early on, be exposed to Duran Duran at that time. So I remember the videos for Rio and Hungry Like the Wolf, um, specifically, and again, the fact that they were, you know, these concepts, and they weren't just live performance uh, videos or live concert footage you know they were actually doing i think what mtv was wanting bands to do and they were doing it so let's fast forward a little bit and talk about the videos for the singles off of seven and the ragged tiger now i'm going to talk about the reflex first i know this was not the first single from that album but it's the uh, most memorable uh, video at least to me so it was a live performance video. It wasn't a live rendition of the song. It was a kind of a single uh, edit, I think, maybe a dance mix edit. But the footage was actually taken from a concert on that tour. Now, interesting, the, the stage setup they had had these pillars kind of in the background that lit up, and they had a big screen kind of over the stage, you know, over the over the lighting rig. But 
at the two minute and 30 second mark, there's that breakdown section of the song and they show that young girl is, is kind of looking down and then she starts to look up and she's got tears in her eyes. But, it, but she's very sub, subdued, so it's not like she's hysterical and um, you know crying because she's seeing them in concert. She's, she's very calm, but she's got these tears in her eyes. And I was always like, what in the world is she, what is she upset about? And then it dawned on me that Simon Laban kind of reappears from behind those pillars. So he had disappeared for, I don't know, 20 seconds from the stage and that brought tears to her eyes. And then they show the fans going nuts and jumping and hugging when he <laughs> reappears behind those pillars. I always just thought that was so, so cheesy. And then I had to mention the huge screen they had above the stage. So at the three minute and 10 second mark, there are these lights on the side of that screen and they shine on the crowd and the, and the, the crowd shields their eyes as though they are just absolutely being blinded by these by these concert lights. And then, for no apparent reason, a image of a waterfall starts coming out of the bottom of that screen and it's directed right towards the fans on the floor at that show. And then they show a bunch of those people on the floor getting wet. What the fuck? And it's just like, what in the hell? is this supposed to mean and what is this what is this all about i never never understood it and then they had union of the snake obviously a new moon on monday which again kind of concept type videos that uh again was just groundbreaking and again they were the kings of that concept video early on in mtv's infancy so my younger sister was way into them at the time and I can I can remember she had Seven and the Ragged Tiger on cassette and I think she had a poster in her room uh, from that album photo shoot and you know again I liked the stuff that I heard but it wasn't you know to a point that I was going to go out and buy it again I don't think I even dubbed uh, her cassette of that Seven and the Ragged Tiger but you know, I enjoyed the songs, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about some of those albums and songs later on in the episode. So then I also remember the Power Station, right? So that was um, Andy Taylor and John Taylor going off and doing something else, kind of a side project. So they had Robert Palmer on lead vocals, so obviously the single Some Like It Hot, and the cover of Get It On. Uh, so I remember that stuff going on. And then around that time as well, I remember Andy Taylor going off um, and doing something solo. Again, this is after he left the band. And remember the song Take It Easy, which was actually a pretty cool song. Heavily influenced by T-Rex's Get It On. But the rest of that album's not, uh, not too bad as well. And then, of course, that song <laughs> comes from the the cheesy cheesy 80s gymnastics movie american anthem american anthem the new vision of love and triumph from the director of purple rain featuring the music of mr mr stevie nicks andy taylor john parr and in excess american anthem rated pg-13 opens friday june 27th check newspapers for theaters so then when i met holly 
in the early 90s. So I know she was a big fan. I think at the time she had the CD collections, and but then actually moving up to Michigan and and uh, when we got got our first apartment, she brought her records. So she's got the first three studio albums and the live album Arena on vinyl, plus the Reflex 12-inch single as well, and the aforementioned Power Station. Uh, album she's got that on vinyl as well so again i was more of a hits guy originally but i really really remember when ordinary world and come undone got released while i was in college absolutely loved both of those songs specifically ordinary world and ordinary world would be a top 10 song of the 90s for me for sure absolutely love it so at the beginning of the summer of 2000 leading up to the show i remember duran duran was on the today show that friday concert series thing and they performed hungry like the wolf and someone else not me and this morning we continue our summer concert series with the music of duran duran his hits like Hungry Like the Wolf, Like the Wolf, and Rio were huge back in the 1980s and helped to define the music scene in the last decade. Their latest album to release, to be released next month is called Pop Trash. Simon LeBon is Duran's Duran, 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 Duran's lead singer. How are you, Simon? Hi, I'm fine. How are you? Nice to see you. Tell me about this new CD, Pop Trash. Um, it's it's uh, I think it's um, one of the strongest albums we've made. It's a lot of fun. It's got some grooves that will make you move your body. It's got some beautiful tunes on it. You know, it'll make you smile. It'll make you cry. And I thoroughly recommend that everybody here goes out and buys one. Okay. And anybody who's watching on TV as well. Meanwhile, you guys are going on tour as well. Tell me about that. Yeah, we've got a tour lined up for the summer. We're going out um, on. Oh, the beginning of July, sort of halfway through July, up until September, playing all over the United States. Great, and we should mention you have the coolest uh, earplugs I've ever seen. Simon is sporting sequin earplugs, which is well, you know, they kind of look a bit—they look like sort of medical devices, unless you, you know, this is one way of turning them into an accessory. They look lovely. Anyway, you're going to sing a lot of songs for us this morning. Your first one is. We're going to start off with one that you all know. This is "Hungry Like the Wolf." All right.
singing Someone Else Not Me from their new CD, Pop Trash.
So let's get into this concert. So I, you know, I don't remember really much about it getting announced. So again, the band at this time was Simon Laban, Nick Rhodes, Wayne Cucurullo on guitar. And again, he was the founder of Missing Persons. His stint with Duran Duran was 15 years from 86 to 2001. And then the rhythm section was rounded out by Wes Wimiller on bass and Joe Travers on drums. So again, Holly had never seen Duran Duran and this was one of her all-time favorites from back in the day. So it was a no-brainer that we get tickets to go to the show. So anyway, you know, we got had pavilion seats and without further ado, here was Duran Duran's set list. Started off with Last Chance on the Stairway, Hungry Like the Wolf, New Moon on Monday, Playing with Uranium, Come Undone, Big Bang Generation, Ordinary World, Save a Prayer, Hallucinating Elvis, White Lines Don't Do It, Mars Meets Venus, Lava Lamp, Skin Trade, A View to a Kill, Too Much Information, Rio, Notorious, Girls on Film, The Wild Boys, and Closed Out with the Reflex. So at least the set list that I was able to obtain did not uh, break down what was the encore on this show. So the breakdown, one song off of the debut, four songs off of Rio, two songs off of Seven and the Ragged Tiger, one song off of Arena, one song off of the A View to a Kill soundtrack, two songs off of Notorious, zero songs off of Big Thing and Liberty, three songs off of the Wedding Album, one song off of Thank You, one song off of Medazzaland, and four songs off of Pop Trash. So again, overall, I mean, the, the set list is, is pretty darn good. Covers everything, again, a couple of those albums there, you know, after their, uh, after their heyday uh, were ignored. But, you know, overall, I was, I was happy with the, with the set list. What's interesting is, and as you heard me go through the songs, was their decision on the opener. And again, I think they were rotating out an opening song kind of on this tour. And so we got Last Chance on the Stairway, which is a deep cut off of Rio. And actually kind of an interesting decision on opening because it's a real mid-tempo song. But from from my recollection, I, I feel like it worked. And then it always seems like they play Hungry Like the Wolf very, very early in the set. And of course that that uh, works well in this situation, whether they're playing a new song or if they're playing a deep cut. And then they hit you hard during song two. And then song three, New Moon on Monday. And again, we'll talk a little bit more about this, but that's one of my favorite songs um, by them. So. Having those two back-to-back after that deep cut was pretty sweet. And then I already talked about Come Undone and and Ordinary World being a couple of my favorite songs by them as well. And I again, I can just remember 
them nailing Ordinary World and it just coming across so, so, so well live. You know, they were promoting the new album, Pop Trash, with four songs off of there. And again, it's it's okay. It's an okay album. And then the last five songs, I mean, it's hit after hit after hit after hit to round out the set. One song that I think is a glaring omission is Electric Barbarella. I always loved that song and was surprised that there weren't a couple songs off of Medazzleland included on this tour. So again, overall, it was great. Lots of hits. They sounded great. So obviously this wasn't like seeing the original lineup, right? So only two-fifths of the original lineup. And again, that guitar player, Wayne Cucurolo, you know, he, he was with the band for 15 years, for crying out loud, but, you know, not deemed an original member, even though he was heavily involved in the albums that they released during that time, including the wedding album that had Come Undone and Ordinary World on it. So again, they put on a great show. It was, it was very cool to see even some incarnation of this band because they have such, such good music. So now onto the band on the bill spotlight. So obviously Duran Duran, the only band on the bill. So trying to figure out what could I talk about with regards to their discography. And again, this was the only time I had a chance to see them live. So I thought, you know what, let's put their two best selling studio albums head to head. So Rio versus Seven and the Ragged Tiger. So starting off with Rio, released May 10th, 1982, produced by Colin Thurston, and certified two times platinum. So as we go through this album, talk a little bit about the singles and you know where they charted and all of that, but one thing out of the gate that I'll say is this thing is loaded with bass lines and John Taylor, not that he's necessarily an underrated bass player, but I don't, I'm not sure he gets his due. His bass playing on this album is amazing. Production's great. Bass sounds great pretty much on every song, and we'll talk a little bit more about that as we get into it. So, side one, Rio, My Own Way, Lonely in Your Nightmare, Hungry Like the Wolf, and Hold Back the Rain. So, Rio... So, surprisingly, was the fourth single off of this album. And it reached number 14 on the Billboard charts. And to be honest, I was not a huge fan of this song as a kid. I don't know, it was maybe the arrangement and the, um, you know, that guitar riff. You know, just, I don't know, there was just something with it that, that I didn't like. Again, it's grown on me. Over the years, I mean, that keyboard pattern is infectious. And again, bass line, be like a broken record talking about the bass line. But do appreciate the riff now. And the verse is good. But, you know, the chorus is, I think, what uh, really holds this back as being a better song to me. Um, you know, there's the breakdown in there with, with some laughter. And we'll talk a little bit more about some laughter included on this album. And then what 
an unbelievable sax solo and didn't know who that was that had done it but Andy Hamilton and I think he had some background with Elton John as well and again outro has some some great sax soloing and then there's some great doo-doo-doos at the end of this song I'm not sure why they didn't incorporate that, you know, other places in throughout the song. I mean, I thought that was such a great part, and you know, all of a sudden the song is, is fading out, and and so a little surprised on on maybe the arrangement of that song and not not including those. Uh, I'm a sucker for do do doos, and and they just had them kind of during the last 20 seconds of the song. Next up, my own way. So the first single which, and it did not chart, but again, great bass line, great verse melody, chorus, because I've got my own way, hey, hey, hey. I mean, it's a it's an okay song, um, not great, doesn't, doesn't really stand out to me. Next up, Lonely in Your Nightmare. To me, this, this sounds a lot like The Cure, so I don't know if The Cure took, um, <laughs> took some of their sound from this or or vice versa, I'm not an expert on the cure, but verse, melody is great, again, great bass line. The chorus, there's a tempo change in there, some great music. You're lonely in your nightmare, let me in. And again, some outros, some do-do-do's at the end, but, you know, again, I would have thought they could have worked that into the, into the song uh, other places as well. Next up, Hungry Like the Wolf. So this was single number two, and this obviously blew up, and, and the album took off. From here, it charted at number three. Great riff, great bass line, but it you know doesn't really pop like the rest of the album. I'm surprised that it's not more prominent in the mix. And again, great use of some do-do's in there. So then the chorus, smell like I sound, power chord, straddle the line, power chord, Mouth is Alive, Power Chord, that is just so, so awesome. And then, of course, the underlying bass line during that chorus, and it, again, really stands out during the second chorus, forward, uh, but there's some bass plucking in there that is so awesome. But again, it could could have been produced a little bit more and, and pop, pop a little bit uh, additional as well. And then that classic breakdown with the breathing and the whispering of Hungry Like a Wolf uh, three times. Um, I will say, during college, this was one of the better karaoke songs to do with friends. And then side one closes out with Hold Back the Rain. Very cool keyboard pattern again. Verse, great vocal delivery. Again, bass line. Chorus, great backing vocals. Underlying ooze back there. Very cool. And then during the outro, some call and response back there with Hold Back the Rain. Um, of course, you can hear multiple Simon LeBons in there, but I get it. It's what you can do in the studio. Moving on to side two, so New Religion, Last Chance on the Stairway, Save a Prayer, and then closes out with The Chauffeur. So New Religion, Kind of a cool, uh, epic-sounding intro. Lead melody and bass line are good. Verse, great delivery. Chorus, very cool. I'm talking for free. I can't help myself. It's a new religion. 
Second verse, you got kind of some dual lead vocals, which I think, again, are both Simon Laban in there. And then the outro, lots going on. Main verse along with an underlying uh, vocal melody, which is very, very cool. Last Chance on the Stairway, which was the song that led off the set of the concert that Holly and I saw. Actually, a great, great song. Outro is very, very cool. Some great backing vocals in there. Last Chance on the Stairway. Track 8, Save a Prayer. So this was the third single, which also helped the album blow up. Charted at number 4. Just a very, very well-written song. Verse and chorus are in that minor key, which is interesting. And just a great, great song. And then the chauffeur closes it out. Uh, again, sounds very Beatles-influenced, but just not a fan. I, I don't know, both musically and vocally, it just doesn't do a lot for me. So again, overall, this album is very, very solid. I guess, you know, my own way, even though it was the first single, you know, doesn't do a ton for me. And then as I mentioned, the chauffeur, Again, it's not that it doesn't fit on this album. That's not what's um, causing my opinion to be what it is. I just don't think it's a very good song. And surprised that they even had it closing out the closing out the record. So now moving on to Seven and the Ragged Tiger, released November 21st, 1983, produced by Alex Sadkin, Ian Little and Duran Duran, also certified two times platinum. Again, <laughs> the bass playing on this album pops, and I guess I'd maybe say that this is more of a pop rock album than Rio. Rio's got a lot of the new wave feel to it. This one, maybe not as much, and again, it's more of a, more of a pop rock album album. So side one, The Reflex, New Moon on Monday. I'm looking for Cracks in the Pavement, I Take the Dice, and Of Crime and Passion. So The Reflex was single number three, which really doesn't make any sense to me. Not sure who's making that decision, but ended up charting number one. So again, it was the biggest song on this album, but not released until the third single. And as I mentioned when I was talking about the video, uh, the, there's the kind of edited dance mix, single mix um, that was from the video. And I prefer that version than the album version of the song. And it's strictly because of that intro. Basically pulls from the backing vocals while the chorus is going on and just plug that in at the, at the beginning, which I think is very, very cool. Kind of similar to um, what Def Leppard had with Pour Some Sugar On Me. They kind of got the two versions and the video version and, and then the single version with, you know, that uh, Love Me Like a Bomb at the beginning. Kind of reminds me a little bit of that. But all together, I mean, just a perfect, perfect pop song. Lots going on in there verses the harmonizing is great the, the classic pre-chorus the why and try and dying time and again they tease the chorus and then kind of go back to the 
to that pre-chorus, which is which is cool. And then finally get into the chorus. Great melody, great vocal, and then just the the kind of the music portion that kind of lead bridges, you know, to the chorus. It's just it's just building. It just feels like it's building to something, and it is. It's building to that great great chorus. Next up, New Moon on Monday. So again, single number two, charted at number ten. Again, great bass line. Verse delivery reminds me of Bowie, kind of when uh, Simon's in that low register. Pre-chorus, I light my torch and wave it for the, and then the chorus kicks in, New Moon on Monday. Just amazing harmonies in there. And then the outro, some great call and response going on in there as well, which is very, very cool. Probably my favorite song on the album. I'm looking for Cracks in the Pavement, track three. Very cool vibe. I kind of, going back and re-listening to this album for this episode, kind of forgot about this song. And very, very cool, cool lead melody to it. Verse, chorus, something on my mind, breaking open doors I had sealed up before. Something on my mind makes me run when I thought I'd run too far. Underlying keys during that song kind of made me think about uh, Glory Days uh, by Bruce Springsteen. But anyway, this is obviously um, right around that same time. But again, overall, just a great, great song, great melody overall. Love it. Track four, I Take the Dice. Again, very bouncy, very keyboard heavy, maybe a little too much for me. It's just okay. Chorus is pretty good though. It's got a good melody in there, but again, just kind of the vibe of the song uh, is maybe just a little bit uh, too poppy for my liking. Side one closes out with Of Crime and Passion. Great song. Verse, pre-chorus, chorus, all great. Just very, very good songwriting. Cool riff between the first chorus and second verse, and then the second chorus and the guitar solo in there. Again, just a well-arranged song. Moving on to side two, so Union of the Snake, Shadows on Your Side, Tiger, Tiger, and then the seventh, Stranger. So Union of the Snake was actually the first single. Again, it hit number three, so it was a big song and, and helped the album take off right away, but the reflex was bigger. Great bass line here and keys, and again, that lead guitar riff, very, very cool. Kind of a cross between NXS and U2, which I guess I never really thought about that um, when thinking of Duran Duran, but that's what, that's what came out re-listening to this song. Pre-chorus. If I listen close, I can hear them singers, oh, oh, oh. Voices in your body coming through on the radio, oh, oh. Just awesome. Awesome song. Chorus, great backing vocals, great drumming back there. And then, put the spotlight on, Andy Hamilton again. Great, great sax solo. Next up, Shadows on Your Side. Great chorus, backing vocals, harmonies, and melody, and again, great underlying guitar riff during that chorus. Cool song. So next up, Tiger, Tiger. So kind of an unexpected instrumental on this album. So only three minutes and 30 seconds, which is, which is fine. You know, at least it's not a 10-minute instrumental. But it actually has a pretty cool vibe 
um, specifically the bass and saxophone really stand out and kind of a cool cool bridge from shadows on your side to the last song on the album called the seventh stranger sounds like the beginning of a rush song to me and musically sounds like billy idol the verse melody kind of sounds billy idol ish and pre-chorus was i chasing after rainbows and the chorus backing vocals and melody great melodic guitar solo in there and overall a great way to end the album so looking at these two albums it's kind of interesting i mean each one has three top 40 hits personally i think the hits on seven and the ragged tiger are better than three hits on rio again obviously my opinion so at the end of the day i you know nostalgia is obviously very powerful and you know when you hear songs you know and they take you back to a certain certain time and place and all of that that is very 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 powerful and even though i remember those videos for rio and hungry like the wolf the the stuff off of seven and the ragged tiger just hit me at a time and that stuff really really stuck with me so i've got to go with seven and the ragged tiger over rio so now on to the slam fest tip of the week and this week the tip is actually twofold and it has to do with everyone's significant others so i mentioned that the date of this show had some significance to it so august 17th 2000 was actually holly and my fourth wedding anniversary to the day so happy fourth anniversary to us when we went to see duran duran and again the only way <laughs> a concert works on a wedding anniversary is if it's somebody like duran duran not gonna work if it's kiss and specifically with holly it would not have worked with iron maiden queensryche or dio those are her three off limit bands when she's in the room or in the car so the other tip for this week so fast forward to july 11th 2016 we had two tickets to see four fifths of the original lineup of duran duran so the day of the show which i think that show was on a monday i get a call from holly she said hey my best friend is back in town from Virginia. I said, well, that's great. What are you, uh, what are you gonna do while she's back this week? And she said, no, you don't understand. She's back in town for one day. And I said, okay, what does that mean? <laughs> she says, that means I wanna go to Duran Duran with her so I can spend some time with her. And I was like, oh, no. And I'm like, this is, this is as close as I would get to see the original members of Duran Duran. But sometimes you've got to make sacrifices. So I gave her friend my ticket, and they went 
and enjoyed the show together. That's called getting some points and and putting them in the bank for use at a later date. So now to close this episode out with a which side are you on? And again, with Duran Duran being the only band on the bill, I didn't have a lot to draw from, but I thought, you know what, let's make this a little bit interesting, and let's go with their live album, Arena. Released November 12, 1984, produced by Duran Duran and Nile Rodgers, charted at number four, and is certified two times platinum. So in doing some research for this, again, I mentioned that Holly's got all of these, uh, all of their early stuff on vinyl, and, and so I grabbed this album and, and pulled out, you know, some of the inserts, and it, you know, had some pictures and tour dates and different things, but I was searching and searching, like, where was this album recorded, or where were these songs recorded, and you cannot find any information on where these songs specifically were taken from. All it says is, quote, recorded around the world, Unquote. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. So, again, I'm basing this Which Side Are You On off of the 2004 remaster, which had Girls on Film and Rio added at the end. So Side 2 got beefed up with a couple of hits for this segment. Now, again, the original track list is a bit odd. A, it's only 10 songs, which, <laughs> which doesn't make a ton of sense of why that would be the number of songs that you would put on a live album. But again, the track listing was itself was a little bit odd because, again, there were some hits in there, but there were also some deep cuts in there. Now, overall, this doesn't sound live <laughs> to me. Um, a, the crowd noise is way too low in the mix, and in some cases, some of the songs, you, you don't hear any crowd noise at all. It's like go when it goes from track to track, it just starts... So there's no fade in of, of crowd noise or fade out of crowd noise at the end, which was really, really odd. I will say the bass and drums both sound really good, but overall it, it just sounds like it's overproduced and that it was done in a studio. But I, I don't remember hearing or reading that this album was under the magnifying glass of whether or not it was actually recorded live. But it doesn't say where it was recorded, it was just recorded around the world so anyway lots of people on stage i think they list the band and then four additional musicians were credited and again there's some great great backing vocals in there and i don't think it's all being done by the band because you can hear some female voices back there but it's obviously very very important to their choruses which were uh very big in the studio and and they wanted to try to replicate that live so the album kicks off with Is There Something I Should Know, which is interesting because this is a non-album single that was released. Again, great, great song, and interesting that they kicked off the tour and obviously kicked off this live album with it. But it's interesting that there's, again, really no crowd noise. It just starts with the Please Please Tell Me Now opening from that song. And again, great song. Sounds good, music especially. Um, and then there is some crowd noise kind of at the end. So again, it was just kind of 
awkward uh, listening to this and, and thinking that it's uh, a live album. Track two, Hungry Like the Wolf. Again, sounds good and, you know, talked a little bit about the bass not being prominent in that song uh, on the studio track. On Rio, well, it's it's prominent here and it, it sounds really, really good. But now, now, now the bass is prominent, but then the power chords during the chorus, which I talked about and love so much did not have as much oomph to them on this uh, on this recording the chorus sounds good overall and again that that bass plucking kind of in the second chorus and, and throughout the rest of the song sounds really really good and he kind of changes that juices like wine at least the delivery of it uh, during this live version of the song which I thought was interesting and again, as I mentioned, you know, they, they played it early at the show that we saw, and then it shows up as track two on this live album. And again, at the end, there's some uh, howling going on as the, as the song ends, which is, which is kind of interesting. Next up, New Religion. Again, mellow intro. The bass really pops, and, you know, like the riff. Uh, sounds, sounds like in excess to me. Uh, verse is okay chorus music is is actually really really good and then they tease you and they go back to the verse which is kind of an interesting arrangement and then again chorus uh, is good breakdown bass and the solo is good again no crowd noise detected <laughs> whatsoever during this song next up save a prayer sounds great musically the vocal is a little bit rough here Second chorus, it gets better. You know, they get some backing vocals in there and some harmonizing. And the ending sounds, um, you know, that, again, famous kind of keyboard sound of this song really kind of sounds whiny uh, on this uh, on this live uh, version of the song. And again, minimal crowd noise once again, which is, which is very odd. And then, so track five, <laughs> they just decide to throw in a new studio track what the fuck? and so it's the wild boys which obviously was a hit for them but i was never a fan of this song i mean that chanting part just never never really liked it music sounds very in excess to me and the verse is okay again the chorus is okay again except for that chanting part so again, just odd that track five, they decide to throw in a, a studio track of a new song. So kind of interesting. So closing out side one, Seven Stranger, which I talked about when talking about Seven and the Ragged Tiger. Good song, again, no crowd noise. Kind of an odd choice for a live song, let alone including it on a live album. Again, I'm a fan of the song, just kind of interesting uh, decision to to include it on here so moving on to side two so they kick off with the chauffeur which as i mentioned not a fan of this song and it i don't think it translates well live either just too slow i mean you know just i think brings this show to a screeching halt if they if they played it live so even the nod to the Close Encounters theme, which is close to being one of my favorite movies of all time, does not save this song. So again, and plus a little bit odd using that 
Close Encounters theme about eight years after the movie came out. Not really sure what they were thinking with that. Next up, Union of the Snake. Again, sounds great. Kind of an odd squeal from Simon Laban after the second line. I knew this was a big mistake. Great backing vocals, though. Females uh, come in and, and kind of save the song. And then again, another odd squeal <laughs> from Simon right before the sax solo. A little bit, a little bit odd. Next up, Planet Earth. Simon Lombon's vocal sounds a little bit off in this song as, as well. Kind of out of tune. Good song off of the debut. Musically, it sounds good, but I think it just misses the mark here. Next up, Careless Memories. So on the original 10 song uh, track listing, this would end the album. So again, more of a rocker. Guitar sounds good here. Simon sounds good. The backing vocals are good. There's some <laughs> kind of odd animal sound effects in there. And then it fades out as the song is ending, which is kind of odd for a live album. So the bonus tracks on this remaster, so Girls on Film. So again, first chorus, kind of a little bit odd letting the crowd sing You know, some of the Girls on Film lines so early on in the song. Would have thought they would have... Uh, Waited until kind of a breakdown later in the song, which they end up doing. Great sax solo in there. And then, so they do do the breakdown and the crowd participation, but it's kind of odd. It's like the first one, you can barely hear anyone repeating it back to him. And then he says, come on, turn it up. I just can't hear you. Everybody on this side and then over here, and then in the middle, and then the whole place now. It just it just seems really rushed that they wouldn't kind of drag that out. Again, maybe they, they didn't want to um, have it drag out too much, but again, you kind of lose the, lose the live experience when it sounds like the, the crowd participation portion is being rushed. So anyway, during that breakdown part, and the guitar starts to kick in, that guitar tone really sounds awesome. And then an interesting kind of musical breakdown kind of as the, as the song comes to a, to a close. And then it closes with Rio. And to me, the drums just sound terrible on this song. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know what they were doing with that or if they had some... Um, electron, electronic kit and that type of thing, but it just oh, it sounds terrible. And then I know there's those, you know, there's that laughter and that little kind of bird noise in the studio version, but the there's a lot of bird noises in this version of it, um, which was interesting uh, and didn't uh, didn't really add a lot to me. So again, looking at this, I mean, side two is hit heavy. I mean, it's got Union of the Snake on it. It's got Planet Earth on it, Girls on Film, and Rio. You know, it's got the chauffeur on it, which is just terrible. And Careless Memories, it's okay. Okay song. And then you look at side one, Is There Something I Should Know, Hungry Like the Wolf, New Religion, Save a Prayer, you know, even The Seventh Stranger. And again, I'm not a fan of the, of the studio track on here wild boys but i think the other five tracks on there are solid live cuts and again you know you've got 
even some of the hits on on side two again the, those versions of, of those songs aren't aren't great to me so I'm gonna go with side one over side two of Duran Duran's 1984 live album arena have any of you seen Duran Duran in concert if so when and where and what were your thoughts memories or stories from that show what are your thoughts on Duran Duran's most popular and best-selling studio albums? Rio from 1982 and Seven and the Ragged Tiger from 1983. Which one do you prefer? And last but not least, what are your thoughts on Duran Duran's first live album, Arena from 1984? Side one or side two? Let us know your thoughts by emailing us at slamfestpodcast at gmail.com request to join our private Facebook page at Slam Fest Podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time.